my name's Dennis Wood and I'm the executive chairman of a company called KGL Resources. Now, uh, KGL Resources has got uh, an a couple of exploration areas, one in particular at Jervoice, uh, where we've been uh, focused on that for the 11 years of our ownership and seven years since I joined the company. And there are plenty of minerals types there, including lead, zinc, but in the last uh, seven years, because of our um, belief with respect to where copper might head, we've just been focusing on the copper. And we've now built a uh, mine life of uh, over 10 years with a, an average grade of just over 2%. And we've got all our licenses necessary to get going. So now it's just a factor of putting the process together in such a way that we can get it constructed, get it operating in the current climate. Uh, Dennis, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, good to see you again. Um, <clears throat> we last spoke a couple of months ago and you, um, uh, in late 2022, had put out a feasibility study showing as you said, over 10 years of my life and an, um, uh, an NPV of um, $240 million Aussie. Um, and the, the work plan for 2023 was to uh, do some infill drilling at the reward open pit, which is where you're going to be um, uh, starting your mining operations and kind of continuing to drill the extensions at the, the underground uh, ore bodies. Um, you were struggling a bit with slow drilling and you're dealing with uh, the shortage of labour in the Australian market uh, and all of this was with a view to get everything nailed down to do all of those the final detailed work uh, on the project so that you could be pretty much ready to go for financing uh, as I understood it um, in Q4 at some stage uh, in Q4 to kind of get all, all the the loose ends finally kind of um, tied down so that the company would be ready for for, for financing. Um, <clears throat> we will come into the detail of the project, but what I'd like to hear from you, um, if, if you could kind of share your thoughts, please. I'm just kind of, let, let's just take a step back from Jervois. And um, if you could just kind of talk a bit about where the resources sector is in Australia, um, particularly with reference to the kind of the shortage of labor that, that I think I think that would be and from from what I see at my end is also this kind of great split between the juniors which are unfunded and the and the and the, the mining companies which are short of personnel um, so your thoughts please on the overall resources sector in Australia ah oh, well the you know the um, obviously the the big companies uh, are there and and uh, proceeding quite well and um, the smaller ones, they're everywhere at the moment, and um, um, making progress and financing it is uh, is a difficult thing in, in the current climate. However, one of our advantages is, um, you know, like the last uh, cap raising I did, the share price was down ridiculously low at 12 cents. And as I would always do with everything I've, I've managed to run publicly, um, I did it as a rights issue rather than a placement. And um, what I can say in our case that um, the majority of the shareholders are very supportive and will con continue to support our exploration. Um, you are correct. Um, this year's program was to do the infill drilling at uh, Reward, open cut, and with one of the rigs, and the other rig was to do some looking at expanding some of the others, particularly Marshall and uh, Rockface. 
and you're correct, the first six months, unfortunately, um, we probably only got about a third of the drilling done that uh, we needed. Um, however, things have just changed. I've changed the drilling company in June and we've got a new drilling company there now and things are progressing much better. The infill drilling at Reward has gone quite well and in fact in the quarterly report you would have seen some results that had come out. Um, so we, we are now back on, on our program and that is to get the infill drilling. The infill drilling will be okay. It's, it's a matter of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but getting finance quite often the finance companies want the jork for the first two years or thereabouts um, to be measured, actual, real, not just indicated. So fundamentally in the reserve statement, basically most of it's indicated. It's We've got taken it from inferred to indicated. Now we've got to take it uh, the first couple of years of mining to measure, which uh, uh, Bellbird is already, the open cut's already measured and it's just a matter of... Uh, probably another six weeks of drilling and we should have uh, reward open cut finished. Yeah, I saw some um, results from late June. Uh, you, you published those as well, kind of, um, the you know, the, the reward numbers look good. You kind of um, 9.6 metres at 2.6% copper and 14.7 um, metres at 2.5% uh, copper. And these are relatively shallow, kind of 110 or 130 metres um, below surface. So um, confirming... Um, confirming what, what what you ha had anticipated, really. Yeah, well, um, you know, the, the infill drilling the infill drilling's going quite well. Good. Um, and t tell me about the, the 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 deeper drilling. You say you changed changed to the drilling companies. It, when we last spoke, you were saying it's about a, a month per hole. Is that still the case? Oh, the um, the deep holes at uh, Rockface, for instance, that uh, we're now down to about a kilometre. Yeah, they they would take a month. Or thereabouts. However, uh, what we can do is daughter holes off when we when we drill that let's let's say a kilometre down or thereabouts. Uh, we then can take a number of daughter holes off that one. So you know the first hole might take a month, but then they 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 get drilled daughter holes off that with with wedges, and it uh, takes far less. And you're still using downhole EM as your key exploration tool. Certainly, for uh, for these deeper underground ones, it's 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 extremely uh, positive um, with respect to the results coming from uh, from the drilling and the downhole M matching. In fact, if you were to look at our rock face uh, in the feasibility study, I believe it's there. But if you look at rock faces downhole EMs and mine plan, they're almost identical. And just stepping back um, from the. Uh, fr fr from the drilling in your quarterly, you talk about uh, you, th that you're, the company's looking to uh, hire a, a finance director and a, and a CEO. Um, um, talk to me a little bit about that, please. Okay, well, you know, um, it's uh, building a project like this is is a is a lot of work, and we we currently don't have the numbers in the team uh, to be able to do it, and. Uh, um, what I'm desperately looking for is someone to run the company, you know, be the CEO. The fact is, um, my big successes have been cleaning up public companies that were going broke or building private companies from scratch. Now, um, you know, I'd, building this company from scratch will be going forward would be relatively easy, I would think. But managing the company and being a public company 
um, I'm inundated with work that um, I'd rather have someone else look after. And you, you, you mentioned the quarterly, but you know, there's four of them, there's annual reports. I can go on and on and on uh, with the obligations with a public company. And uh, we desperately need to get a team in to be able to run it as a public company. And that way I can address uh, some of the more fundamental issues with respect to getting it developed. It's certainly, uh, there are many advantages of having a, of, of running a, a private company because um, you don't have the, uh, the, the, the same regulatory and the, the, the same scrutiny and the same amount of paperwork to do. Um, <clears throat> it's not easy finding people though. Um, even though that the, the, the junior sector is um, underfunded, uh, th- there are not many qualified mind builders and com- company operators out there, um, particularly that are willing to work uh, in the in the middle of the bush. Um, how, how's your how's your dialogue going in terms of um, that? Well, it's, inter- it's interesting. Um, you know, we're we're finding people. It's just a matter of making sure we get the right one. Um, but it is you're right. It is difficult, and even um, even recently, um, beginning of this year. Um, I've always employed my geologists straight out of uni and trained them and worked with them, and that includes when I was in America, working in America. Um, And, you know, I cannot believe that so many universities in Australia are are not doing geology anymore because there's no people wanting to do them. So my two new geologists, I've I've still got the two that I've been training for four and five years. They've been advancing and advancing and doing really well, like superbly well. But to to help them out with the logging and the drilling and stuff, the the routine work, I've had to bring two new geologists in from the Philippines. You know, so I I think that's going to be a standard practice in Australia for the next generation or two until we start um, getting people to focus on mining and and other construction and type jobs at at the university courses and, and start getting people back to the reality um, you know, you can't. I cannot imagine a place like Australia not encouraging people to go and do geology at university. But um, it's a fact of life. And for the first time in my life in Australia, I brought in geologists from overseas. Uh, to to from and they they're going really really well. Good, good. Um, <clears throat> when you look to the um, kind of the completion of the project, let's say you resolve the the CEO of F, uh, FD. Um, conundrum and that you you, you kind of you're fully staffed um it looks it's, it sounds as if you're going to be ready for financing kind of q4 this year or early next year um and the capex is around 300 million dollars typical um debt equity split is probably going to be something in the region of 50 50 um does that all tally with what you're kind of thinking internally i'd say um what you're saying there is realistic um um you know, we're obviously looking at various ways around of uh, reducing the capital as much as we can and reducing the labour as much as we can. Um, but, you know, a lot's going to depend on what the reality of the copper price really is as well. And um, obviously um, um, the projections are it's going to climb out the roof all over the place. And even now the um, American government's got very aggressive with where uh, the importance of copper and where it's got to be and coming from. They've been quite public lately about uh, about the need for more need for copper. So 
once that starts to pick up, things will change a fair, a fair dramatically for us with respect to being able to get some of these other people as well, you know. And sorry, when you talk about the US um, getting us behind copper, you, you mean that they've added it? Are you referring to the fact that they've added it to the uh, critical minerals list now? Yeah, critical. they're really pushing copper into the critical minerals as we speak. And funny enough, the uh, Northern Territory government's put copper in the critical minerals. And um, um, I'm actually preparing a document now because the federal government is looking at it again. And I'm actually preparing a document as we speak uh, to send to as part of the federal government regime to get there. Because... Uh, government assistance, which is something I've never relied on, but in a case like this, could make a big difference, particularly when it comes to hunting. Particularly when it comes to hunting people. And in the in the form of a grant, is that what you're looking? I mean, it, could they potentially um, contribute money to the project, or is it a kind of a tax break? Well, or, that, you know, that's what, always what, going to that's that's would always be black and white help. That would be good. Uh, but in the first instance, is having the government put their hand up and sort of support it will help us actually start to have more effect on on people. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and you also talked about the kind of the, the copper price. You said you know the copper price will 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 help uh, the, the 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 project, but it, the copper price won't change any of the the, the cost numbers. You'll still have to. Uh, raise the 300 million dollars you'll still have to you know the, the the debt equity split is likely to uh still be there you're still going to have to raise i don't know 150 million dollars uh, of equity um how, how do you see the copper price helping or is it just going to um do, do you hope that the a rising copper price will just change the the, the current share price to minimize dilution is, is that oh, most definitely to? um you know one thing i do know as i said um my most success at building uh, mines has been from private companies. In fact, I haven't done one as a public company, but I've saved a couple of public companies by being bought back in, including this one to some extent. Um, so I know what I've got to do. I've got to get it right. And I've got to get it done on time. That's the construction and the, the production once we make the, the rules. So there is a lot of things the governments can do to help us, like the preliminary work that needs to be done, like water pipelines, camp and stuff. You know, if we can get some help for that so that when we push the button and get the finance, and we push the button, you can actually start construction and mining rather than get the finance and then realise that you've got to do all this six months, nine months, 12 months preliminary work and then just trigger your construction. And in fact, I've been working with uh, uh, con construction companies or control companies overseas, uh, one, uh, one in particular, and they, we were, as part of the feasibility study going to have to pay millions of dollars for the um, preliminary order of the crushers of the grinding mills and now I've got an agreement where the company that manufactures them is going to manufacture them for us and uh, park them up and I'll pay for them when I actually ready to to pick them up so I've actually moved in and, and because of my previous contacts with a lot of these companies been able to uh, manipulate things a little bit so we're paying less up front but the same thing could happen with a bit of government assistance because a lot of the preliminary work we do is kind of public work to some extent like roadworks, um, water pipelines, um, you know cleaning up some of the old because we, we our our mine and our all our plant and stuff is actually going on top of preliminary mine, mining processes. The place is generally quite a mess 
um, from previous work that was done on site. In fact, we're right beside a 1980 lead zinc mine that um, that was there. And, um, you know, they, they've left everything from the process plant to the tailings dam. It's all still there. And that was basically, they went broke in 1980. There was uh, copper mines there in 1950, 1951. You know, so there's three old process plants. So there's a fair bit that could happen with respect to government support that could knock off the preliminary work so that when we actually get... It wouldn't make much of a saving, but it does make the uh, financing more positive with respect to the fact that we have a better chance of meeting our 18-month construction period because we can start construction once we get finance. So what's the the, the, the current timeline? Obviously, uh, has got a prudent, um, well, I hope it's got a prudent uh, buffer in there for getting all the, the permits and the water pipelines and the roads and all the civil aspects, the infrastructure aspects um, completed. So um, what's, what's when, when you talk, there's, there's a kind of an 18 month period of construction, but there also must be a buffer for getting the, 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 the permitting done. Um, What's the uh, we can current... uh, we can cover for we can cover for it, but it's just more expensive to do it to do run run it all up. I mean, we would have to. Well, as you probably know, uh, when it comes to financing, I've I've, I've always used sixty forty as what I've had to do to borrow, put forty percent equity in and sixty percent borrow. So I would suggest today though it's more like fifty fifty. Um, so what would mean is that the equity component would have to come in earlier. Than the process, which, which, with respect to our major shareholders, who I know quite well, is quite possible. And you're saying that if you get the government support, uh, then you could do both at the same time because the debt side would be ready. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. And what do you? What's your um, aim for copper production? Here we are in the middle of 2023. Well, that's when uh, the projections for the highest price. So that would be the best goal. But um, I, I expect that. The target's definitely 2023. I would be very disappointed if we don't make that, even if it's towards the end of it. But uh, that is the goal, correct? Um, sorry, um, I was, um, the question is, when do you uh, aim to be in production? So are you talking two years away or three years away or, or more? Oh, two years away, yeah. Okay, so production at some stage in 2025. Yeah. Yes, sorry, I thought you talked about the start. Okay. No. No. Interesting. That's good. Um, <clears throat> and quite often on these projects, uh, it's it's easier to get finance when the NPV is greater than the the the, the capex figure. When the NPV to um, uh, to capex ratio is is above one. Um, in your base case, it's not quite there. You know, it's the the, the NPV is two hundred and forty odd, and your capex is two hundred and ninety eight. Do you see that as a as a as a challenge? Oh yeah, most definitely, and that's why we've do, been doing the optimising. Part of the plan for the optimising is uh, is to make it more realistic. And of course, um, I mean, it was only when was it yesterday or today? I read something about the projection for exchange rate and with respect to the Australian dollar dropping down to 40 cents or something. So wouldn't need the copper price to go up if the exchange rate comes down. <laughs> but, you know, we, we've, um, we are doing a lot to reduce the cost. But at the same time, because of what's going on time-wise, you've got to do that because a lot of the other costs are still going up. However, they do seem to have levelled out a lot more now. Um, they're certainly not as bad as when we are doing the fees. Um, so th things may have levelled 
leveled a little bit more. Where are you seeing inflation um, still as a factor? Well, I, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not the. Uh, I, I still see inflation going on for quite a while, although I, the news and some of the experts are saying otherwise at the moment. But I, I quite frankly don't see that happening because I think globally it's still going to happen. Um, but um, you know, part of the inflation will be prices like copper, for instance, and other things going up um, because. Quite frankly, if you look at um, look at the cost of mining copper now, it's still controlled somewhat by uh, places like Chile. Um, but I can tell you the costs of mining in places like Chile are going up and up and up. Um, and I don't think they've actually caught up yet with the price increase. So I'd suggest um, there's going to be some real issues with copper getting more, more needed because... I think we're going to find some of the other ones going broke. And is that because there's a non-linear relationship between grade and costs? Because if your grade drops a bit, your costs don't just go up a bit because you've got it's the grinding um, um, and it's kind of the earth moving aspects of it. So it well, it's, you've got to, um, you know, if, if you're, I noticed that there was a North Queensland exploration company announced they had a million tonnes of copper ore, but at 0.25% grade. You know, they've fundamentally got to mine 10 times as much as we've got to mine. And um, you're right, grind up 10 times as much and process 10 times as much, you know. Um, you know, so one of the big issues I've had in the process of getting my licences or our licences was the governments, and I'm, in this case I'm talking about the NT, but they're all going to be the same. They want you to make sure you keep your carbon footprint as low as you can. You know, so obviously um, focus. We focusing on our higher grade. Hence, we've got a, you know, our reserve is nowhere near as big as our resource at the moment, and that's because of um, we're trying to keep the grade up in the in the actual mining process. And of course, you know, that would put us compared to that Queensland potential, almost ten times better off with respect to the carbon footprint on both the mining process and grinding. Um, you know, so and, and carbon footprint. That's why we're now doing. We've done a contract with Glencore to truck it to Mount Isa instead of Alice Springs, which is very similar. Mount Isa is a bit further, but you know, if we go to Alice Springs, then you've got you know nearly a two thousand kilometre long railway trip to do, and then you've got to handle it at a port and put it on a ship. So you know, we've done a lot to reduce what would be analyzes our carbon footprint which is one of the reasons why we get we do get like local government support for instance and local people support and have you had um inbound from industry you know are, are mining companies um are mining companies uh calling you up and kind of inquiring in in the data room or are you just kind of quietly kind of going about your business or are you Look, scattering um, you, you, now this is my third interview with you and I think I've only done one other. Um, I am very conservative in this whole process. Um, I guess the, most of those mining companies would know me and know my record. And the fact is I'm here to get it into production. You know, I'm not, an, uh, I'm not just drilling holes to get the value up to sell it. Well, if I was, 
I'd be doing a lot more advertising, a lot more promotion work, and I'd have brokers working for me and all sorts of things. But the long and short of it is, the real if the copper price goes anywhere near where it's talking about and we actually get it into production, it'll be a huge investment. And one of the reasons that the major shareholders agreed with me when we first decided that we would focus on a 10-year mine life, get it going, because there's so much potential, not just for copper, but mostly for copper, on this site. I mean, we, we've got a long way to go, um, you know, to, to realise what the real... There may be no more there, but when you walk around the big ridge, which is about 12 kilometres, there's copper sticking out the ground pretty well everywhere. And, um, you know, so there's the, the, the structure of that J-bent fold and um, the mineralisation of the copper is such that they could very well... We, very well still might be playing with some of the smaller potential copper deposits. But unlike unlike an exploration geologist, I'm not out there drilling all the hot spots. Um, I've been sticking with building the mine plan and building our current resource since I took over. And then at some stage in the future when you're in production and the marginal uh, cost of your any every new tonne or the, the marginal value of every tonne is much higher, then you can go after the... Um, the expiration additions. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Um, good. Dennis, thank you very much. It's been, um, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, if you could just uh, summarise kind of what you're focused on now for the next, uh, for, for, for the kind of the next, uh, the, the, the rest of the year and into 2022, uh, 2024, please. Yeah, certainly for the uh, rest of the year, we're focused on the, the cleaning up the uh, project as best we can for least people like we've done with the mining, for instance, the open cut, one of the optimising, we've used bigger equipment. So I've actually increased the size of the process plant to 2 million tonnes a year from 1.6 because we're going to use bigger equipment because we use less people to, to do the mining. And now we're going to be focusing on the open cuts first. So what we're going to do is keep focusing on everything we can do to get the price down, to get it financed, to make it, make it solid. And what we've got to do is make sure we get it done on time in, on budget, which means it's got to be right and it's got to be done on time. And that's what we're fundamentally working on. And we've made, as I said, we've chosen a mining company and we've chosen a, a design, construct and operating process plant. And we're working with them now on the final contracts and the details in it. And they're working with us in a way of optimising to reduce the price as much as we can. And, and when I say reducing the price, we're doing that really to reduce the amount of labour to try and make things far more certain for us. So that's that's part of the drive. The, the other part that um, myself and the board are working on is in fact increasing some um, some of the relevant staff here from this, in your right, the, the CEO and the finance director are two essentials as, as well as a project dir director. I want a project director, you need to be doing a lot of the groundwork that um, I'm, I'm fundamentally working on at the moment because sooner or later I do have to retire I'm, I'm certainly getting much much older but um, and, and to be frank I'd like someone working with me on what I'm doing, the optimising and stuff so that when it actually starts the construction I don't have to hang around I certainly would love to again but you know my first mine I built I was less than 40 uh, you know so I'm almost double that you know, so, so um, you know Long and short of it is, it's finding, finding the right people and optimising the operation in such a way to reduce the cost and make sure we get it done on time. 
We've got all our licenses, we've got the reserve, we've got the resource, you know, it's all coming together. The copper price going up will certainly make a big difference. And at this point of time, you're right, I have been chased by various people because of the projections on the copper price. And we're one of the few that have got a mine life this long at 2% grade. And our rock face, um, the rock face one when I joined seven years ago, they had an open cut there which I have abandoned, it's not worth it. Um, and the underground wasn't even started. And now we've, it's, it's, it's average grade for that open cut, 3%. Thank you very much. A pleasure as always. Uh, good luck with the rest of the year. Okay, thank you very much.